0: Welcome to The Wild Woman. Okay, today we're going to be talking about a deeper topic. Um, We're going to be talking about drugs and addiction and not just like all the bad parts of it, but like the way that drugs has kind of been incorporated into therapy and into the recovery of many people. Well, let's start about Start at like the beginning of where drugs normally enters someone's life, and typically that's like in parties, mm-hmm. you know, like, in social atmospheres. A lot of people say that they're smoke social drinkers. A lot of people are social, say smokers when it comes to weed or even cigarettes and. Um, what's really big in Ottawa right now is using Coke at parties. There's a lot mm-hmm. of coke going around at parties. So, Kemi, what kind of things do you know about that type of drug use?
1: Um, well, depending on the drugs. Okay, so I work at a treatment center for addictions. So I see people with addictions but that are really in need of help. And usually like it starts small. It starts with like a line of coke, some weed, some alcohol, and then it gets worse and worse throughout time. And often, it's either their parents that force them to seek help, or they have a really bad trip, or they overdose, and they make it out of it, obviously. And then they decide, okay, well, I need help.
0: Yeah, one thing that I see a lot, especially in my industry. So I work at a server mm-hmm. um, during the summer and like part-time when I'm in school. And there's a lot of Coke that goes around in my industry. And what happens a lot of the time is that people, they only do Coke when they're partying. But what, what Coke does when you're partying is it doesn't make you feel as drunk. So it makes them drink more they do coke and it just turns into like a really bad cycle and a lot of the time like people get somewhat addicted to coke so what I mean by that is yeah sure they're not totally like stuck in their addiction like they they're still able to work they're still able to function but unless they are doing coke they don't feel good Mm. and if they stop doing coke then they're um, mental illness tends to um, run rampant. So if you had mm-hmm. any mental illness, whether that's like depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, if you start doing coke, it makes it feel, you you feel better. Like you feel like you have more control over your mental illness. But as soon as you stop, your mental illness comes back worse than it was before you started doing coke. And that's a big issue for, like, a lot of people when they're recovering and why a lot of people don't fully ever recover because they don't want to have to deal with their actual mental illness.
1: Mhm. It's like drugs are a quick fix on how to, like, feel better, I guess, like the highs. But what I've seen throughout my work is, like, the lows and the crush after It's so not worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, oftentimes, there's always going to be like an after effect of the drugs. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. Like, once you've had an addiction, like, it will often change your personality for the rest of your life, you know, and your
1: brain chemicals as well. Like, Mm -hmm. what I often see is the kids that started using drugs at a younger age. Um, After that, they have more like anger outbursts, and also they might as well have paranoia later on. Right,
0: right. Yeah, my cousin, she recently passed away a couple weeks ago from an overdose at 19, and she started using drugs at a very, very young age. And by the time she was 17, 18 and getting into adulthood, her, like her temper, her anger, her anxiety, her depression, like all her like personal traits and then her mental illness was so hard to handle both for herself and for people who tried to help her get through her addiction Mm -hmm. and overcome it, that there was almost almost no going back for her. Of course, like there are things that some people can do to try and help someone with a really bad addiction. But once your brain chemistry is to a certain point of quote unquote, no return, there's only like one way to get better. And usually that is when that person hits their rock bottom, Mm -hmm. which, you know, surviving that overdose that she had, unfortunately for her. She didn't survive her rock bottom and that's why she's not with us today. But it just shows how much drugs affects your brain when you're that much younger and like how taking drugs at such a young age can really it can make recovery that much more difficult because your brain is brain chemistry is already affected and changed before it's even fully developed, right?
1: Yeah. And one thing that like they often say is after like starting recovery and being sober is I don't feel happy like I feel numb all the time I don't feel any good emotions but that's because the drugs actually plays with your dopamine Mm -hmm. in your brain so after that your brain doesn't know how to produce it itself and it's going to take a while before it does
0: yeah 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 now coming in your experience when people are recovery from addiction are they ever prescribed any other type of drug to deal with like a mental illness like are do they ever get prescribed say like prozac for depression if they were addicted to coke at one point or do they stay away from any drugs at all
1: uh no actually we have so many people like trying to recover from a drug addiction also having to deal with a mental illness and then having to take medication for it because if not like they can get into like psychosis or um they get really really depressed so often like we're going to see them on like Zoloft and um like medication like that and yeah it's something to be careful with if you have someone that's a recovering addict and have to take medication for their mental health. Like we have to count the medication because they could easily just like slip out and take more than they needed. It has happened before. And I mean, one thing to remember, I guess, with this is you can try to help someone, but if they're not ready to help themselves, there's not much you can do, Mm. but don't give up because like every time you show that you care about someone with an addiction like it plants a seed in them of like hope i would say and it's not rare that someone will come back to rehab more than once like oftentimes it's going to be like three to seven times Mm -hmm. but eventually they do get better obviously some don't and it's so sad to see that and to hear that but you have to hold on to the to the hope that most of them do
0: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and like we had a guest speaker not too long ago who talked about her addiction to alcohol and what's interesting about something like that is her addiction kind of came from like partying with alcohol you know like she wasn't Drinking alcohol every day, like it wasn't imposing on her life. But when she was at a party and she was drinking alcohol, it would always get out of hand. So she decided eventually that she didn't have a good relationship with alcohol and had to cut it out of her life. So there's an example of how addictions don't always have to be something that's controlling your life. You can be a functional alcoholic, you can be a functional drug addict, but You still have to be cautious of whether or not you have a healthy relationship with it.
1: And I think some part of it comes also with a little bit of denial at first Mm -hmm. because they might say like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But oftentimes when they look back at it, they're like, okay, well, I lied to get money. My relationship weren't doing that great. My friendship, they were all like addicts as well so it's really about like looking back and being honest with yourself
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and sometimes for for a lot of people like that's just a hard truth and they're really good at rationalizing it Mm -hmm. right for sure like they can be like oh well I do this drug with all my friends like only these days of the week you know what I mean but Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you don't have that you might have some sort of addiction to it, right? Or
1: even if it's not like a full out addiction, it might still be a problem. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And
1: like I know for teenagers, what I see the most is like usually self-medication. So medication that is either they weren't prescribed or they were prescribed and they share it with their friends, or like they.
0: Take too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of self medication, weed is something that was just something that could be prescribed medically, but now it's something that you can get recreationally. Kemi, you, when you're working with kids and so on, is weed ever something that people like get addicted to?
1: Mm. I love that you're asking that question because, yes, most people think weed is not addictive, which might be true, like physically, like it doesn't have that same component as meth, let's say, which is really addictive. And I would say stay away, but we can be like psychologically addictive. Um, I've seen people that like take it all day. All day. Yeah, so if you can't do anything else than smoke weed, there's a problem. If you need weed to do, like, basic functions, like sleep, eat, there might be a problem if you can't do those things without without your weed. If you need your weed to function,
0: there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, And um, but weed also has some, like, good properties, mm-hmm. too right? So like some people use it for their treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know of people using weed for their treatment and what kind of treatment they use it for?
1: I know it can help with epilepsy and um, chronic pain. And I think with anxieties as well. Yeah. But then again, if you take it and it gives you more anxiety after, that's not a good thing.
0: I've actually heard it being used in eating disorders so your recovery because weed is supposed to have that component of making you hungry get the munchies
1: makes sense
0: yeah so usually it's helpful for patients like when they when they've decided to recover to like start taking a little bit of weed and just helps them like just eat food basically Mm -hmm one thing too that's also very popular now is cbd mm-hmm. so the difference between thc and cbd is that cbd doesn't have any like psychotic effect it can be really good for for your body you know they say that it has some like anti-aging effects i know that they're talking about anti-can anti-cancerous effects but I don't know if that's proven or not, but C B D is also good for your energy, mental clarity. Blood yeah. flow, I think as well. Yeah. And your it can help your mental health too on just my body, like my muscles and stuff. Mm. Um, but it's something that builds up in your system. So unless you use it like all the time regular regularly, it's gonna be hard for it to actually do anything. And I'm not good at taking any type of pill or cream or anything, so I I, I would, would never be able to tell you what it does for me. But
1: I know that like what's interesting is for tr- for treatments of drugs. So let's say like even like cigarette, you can give them nicotine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that we do because we don't let them smoke at our at my work so we give them like nicotine gums or patches and the thing is like they can use that every hour so how how healthy is it really and also like for some of the opioid um drugs they can give methadone so yeah so It is useful in the way that, like, it helps your body not, well, die on itself, I would say, because if you do, if you do use drugs pretty often, and then you quit culture key, which they don't recommend, you might have, like, your body can go into shock. So um, that's usually uh, what they do. They give metadona, like, the detox centers. Um, So actually, at my work, we're not a detox center, so, like, we are rehab so it's like after the the detox so like there's different stages in recovery also
0: I don't know a whole lot about detox and rehab but I do know that my boyfriend's mom she was addicted to crack a Mm -hmm. while ago and she had to go to detox of course and then she was in rehab for a while too and one of the most important things for her was community and support Mm -hmm. and i think that um that's really one of the most important aspects of treatment it's just having um a good positive group around you whether it's other recovering addicts or whether it's you know just people you can trust and that love you and that want to see you get better
1: For sure, for sure. Like that's mostly one of the reasons why we see the kids relapse. It's because that they go back to their circle of friends and those friends don't really care about their recovery and they put them in party by having drugs around and even offering them. And I find that really disrespectful to someone. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: And one thing that I... I really take to heart is I went to some of the NA, so Narcotics Anonyms, uh, meeting with them. And I know some people are like, oh, like groups like that are not for me. Um, but at the same time, I find it so inspiring. And most of the time it's the place where you don't feel judged. It's the place where you feel safe. It's the place where you feel accepted. And if you've that in your life, like, I really recommend you at least try it. It's not for everyone. And I think like you don't need to be religious to go there. You just need to have an open mind Um, because even though they use like the word gods and stuff like that, it's all about like believing in a bigger purpose and believing in something bigger than yourself Um, and having some faith in yourself, I would say
0: even. Yeah, the whole reason why so many people turn to God during their recovery, and I'm not talking just addicts, but I know a lot of people with eating disorders, mm-hmm. with just mental illness that have turned to God to during their recovery. And a big reason for that is just, um, like you said, is to be able to have faith in something to be mm-hmm. able to understand that like, there's something that's bigger than you, that's always going to be in your corner, that can always support you. And yeah, you don't have to be religious to believe in a higher power or anything like that. But I do think that it's important to have faith. And part of having faith is understanding that there's a divine entity that can kind of guide your faith and put you in the right path
1: even just like if you believe in for example like your grandma that's dead and you see it as as your angel even that is sometimes enough to help you like feel better about the world
0: yeah exactly
1: i don't know much about it yet because i do need to do more research on it but now in therapy they're using uh what we call plant medicine It can be something like lsd that they use in a in a therapy context and it's about like helping to dive deeper and faster um and i know some people that say yeah like i take it on my own and like i'm having like an awakening but that's not what plant medicine is about plant medicine is really about like being in a safe context and then being guided by a professional. Okay, so let we'll let's talk about that a little bit. So there's actually like retreats. Um, there's one in Costa Rica that I was looking at. It's really, really interesting. It's kind of really expensive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's super interesting because it means that like you can have access to your subconscious mind way easier. So it's kind of like hypnosis, but even more. That makes sense,
0: yeah. And what they do at the retreats is they microdose you
1: Mm -hmm. with
0: plant medicines such as LSD. Um, so microdoses, I mean, like tiny, tiny, tiny little doses, and they still do stuff because the people who go to these retreats aren't well, they're not supposed to be addicts, (laughs) so they're not used to taking any type of drug or anything like that. So once they take these micro doses of lsd they actually have they do like respond to it quite quite sensitively
1: mm-hmm. it's still so controversial to be honest but the one that do support it says like it's amazing and it helps so much and like after you don't feel like the same person and you feel like you've let go of a lot of trauma. Um, so it's like trauma release. And I know like even in psychotherapy, they started using plant medicine for PTSD. Yeah,
0: no, that's very cool. Now, when I was in therapy, I was on something called Prozac. And what's interesting about that drug is it does help it helps regulate your mood. So I had a type of mood disorder called manic depression. So I'd have highs and lows basically. So the Prozac was supposed to level it all out. But what's nice about Prozac is that it's not supposed to be an addictive drug. And there's actually some people who take it to regulate their sleep. Yeah, and also people who <laughs> to um, because it has anti-cancerous properties. So they- what really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so, I was taking 20 milligrams of Prozac. A day, that's what I take. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I know people who have taken up to 180 milligrams because wow. of some of its other effects that it can have, and because it's not addictive, right? Mhm. So,
1: uh-huh. And it's like if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the oldest like antidepressant, which is why like it's so used because like it's proven to have not so many side effects. I originally went on it for anxiety and depression and I think one thing that we should like just mention is for any like psychological drugs they say it can take a month to two months to stabilize for your system to really register and for the side effects to become less so if like you've been on a on a med for like two three weeks don't give up yet like it's Mm -hmm. gonna take a while before you're your body reacts well to it. I know a lot of people with mental illness have trouble like finding a right med that works for them and I mean I was lucky that was my first one and it worked for me but I know a lot of people who are tired of having to like try so many different medications.
0: Yeah yeah and I don't know it's sometimes important to remember too that like you don't always need a medication you know and if the medication is almost triggering your mental illness because you're so frustrated about it then maybe try just focusing on natural natural remedies you know because you know the tools that psychiatrists give you your psychologists give you to try and reverse your habits like distractions. Um, But the tools that your psychologist or psychiatrist or psychotherapist give you, they're professionally trained to give you these tools to be able to get through, get through your triggers. So if your drugs are becoming a trigger to you, even though they're supposed to be helping your mental illness, then maybe consider not using them.
1: But always ask your your doctor first, um, because I've seen people like quit cold turkey and that's not better either. It can give you really many side effects and even make you more suicidal. So be careful. Another thing is I see, like it, I think it's it's worse in the USA than here, but I see that even like sometimes I feel like doctors are too quick to give you drugs Without actually looking at the root and like even saying like, "Hey, you might need therapy," because I even know like some kids from work that had an addiction and they kept asking for different medication to like, which fuel like their addiction, and the like the doctor didn't even think about it and gave them the like the drugs because think it is a drug; it's just legal.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: really I think the best way and I think we've established that in our podcast but I think the best way to really treat any kind of mental illness or even just like physical illness is really to have a holistic way a holistic approach so like try different things at once mm-hmm.
0: yeah I don't know if I should say this, but, like, I want to say that, like, the more natural you can be about it, the more long-lasting it can be. Mm. You know? At the end of the day, do you really want to be taking, do you really want to be on drugs your entire life just to feel okay?
1: Some people can't afford to not be on drugs. You know, it's just, like, cholesterol. Like, some people need it all their life to be okay. And I see, like, I see it in mental unless the same way, because just some people can't afford not to take it.
0: And the reason why I say that about people being on some type of drug their entire life just to function, um, I guess the reason why I'm against it is because I do have extended family that Mm -hmm. have been on drugs their entire life. And even to this day, as seniors, they're still not like functioning properly yeah yeah exactly like their drugs have like their lives are still consumed with drugs just in a quote-unquote regulated way Mm -hmm. and yeah I, I just at that point I know that as much as my family still loves them they can't treat them like Real adults, they almost treat them like a a teenager, Mm. you know, just because their brains just aren't functioning properly. That's sad. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast about drugs and addiction with just the two of us. Hope you have a great day.
1: Yes, thank you for supporting us and listening to our episodes. And I hope that. Um you gain some knowledge. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. bye.